Welcome to the Limitless Church Podcast. In today's episode, you'll be hearing from Brother Charlie Gordon as he brings the message, The Keys, Part 2. We hope you enjoy. Well, good morning. I usually have my wife come up with me, and the Lord just prompted me with my daughters to come up uh, as well. There's power in unity. And we were at a wedding yesterday, and I was looking at the ceremony and the, you know, the commitment before God, and I thought, you know, with my daughters one day, that I would be standing there. You know, to be able to give my daughter and Bishop begin to touch on it this morning, um, those of you that were not here or missed it and those watching online, welcome into the room. <laughs> Uh, he was talking about a, a wedding uh, in, the, in the marriage he began to talk about in the, in the Bride of Christ, but it just reminded me of that wedding yesterday and, uh, and how much power there is in that, that commitment before God and unity and the father that gives off, the, the father gives his daughter. So with everybody as my witness, daughters, I will not put your hand in any man hand that can't sustain you and wash you with the word of God. So somebody should give God praise for that. And I would challenge you to say the same thing to your children. Uh, Man, what an honor it is to be here in this place at this time. And uh, this series of the keys of the kingdom, uh, Bishop begin to talk about it, and even from the moment that he told me that he was going to be, this was going to be the series, it hit me so hard. It hit me so hard, and I was, I was sharing with him, and it was, this, was one of the, this is one of the last topics that I talked about at a time and a season of my life before I stepped back from, from the pulpit, and uh, there were some things that I had to get straight in my life. How many of you, I'm human, right? How many of you have stuff that goes on in your life? And there's seasons where God says, wait, your time is not yet. You, you've got to be obedient to that voice. So I wanted to share some things, and we'll get into the scripture here. Uh, I want to I get into this as quickly as I can. This, this is deep. Uh, I can't, I I will not be able, I promise you right now, I will not be able to get through all of what what God has put in my heart. He's still teaching me. I don't even have it in there. But I can tell you that, that I am, that I am writing a book, that I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna publicly announce it, that my commitment to the Lord is to be done with it by the spring. So there's more with this, with this message that will be coming out, and I, and I hope to be able to share that. I want to get into that and share some of that with you today, because this is, this is, a, this is a life-changing principle today. I don't know what you've heard. I don't know what people have taught you about what religion has done to us in this thing that God created, but I'm here today to tell you I came from the government on orders on a mission, and that mission is to preach 
this message of the kingdom of God and to share that so that what's going on in heaven could impact and influence the earth and change the earth. How many of you would agree that the earth needs some changing? Come on, I don't think. Y'all are living in the same 2020 that I am because this world has trouble. Everybody say, trouble. You shouldn't have to, you don't have to go ask somebody else if they see trouble, you can just turn on your phone, you can turn on the TV, you can look around, you can look in the parking lot, you can go anywhere and find trouble. Jesus came and said, take heart. <laughs> I've overcome the world. And he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. So we're going to talk about uh, what is one of my favorite uh, principles today. Before I get into that, I have to, I have to kind of do some background. Bishop did an amazing job scratching the surface, is what he called it. And I, and I totally agree with that. I'm only going to be able to scratch the surface of this as well. This, this is so powerful. But if you don't understand what God's original intention is, you won't understand the kingdom of God. You can be caught up in religion and miss the kingdom. You could know every scripture in that Bible and miss the kingdom of God. God's original plan was and is to expand his territory from an invisible country that we call heaven to a physical colony. He created the physical that he calls earth with the influence of his spirit through the lives and dreams of sons and daughters. God wanted what was going on in heaven to be going on in the earth, so he created a physical place, and he said, now, this one I'm going to make in my image, in my likeness, and let them have dominion over the earth. He could have said, let us. He said, let us before that, but he said, let them have dominion over the earth. We know what happened in the garden. Adam lost that. He lost touch with the home country. And now we're, we're, we're where we're at today. So it goes all the way back to there. So we're going to go back to the beginning in this. As we're doing this, I can never, I can't, I always have to remember that because we are born in America or raised in America, we are in America now. Most of us in here are United States citizens. Most of us were born citizens. You didn't have to do anything, you were born a citizen. Well, in the kingdom of God, you have to be born again because you were born into the country here but you had to be born again to get citizenship in heaven. That's where the born again comes from, right? But a democracy is what we're surrounded by. Everything around us is about what you think, what you believe, what you vote according to what you think, what your opinion is, what your value. It should be what your values are, not your party. In fact, if you have a party, see this is the problem, is we've, we've taken this model 
How many of you believe that this model that we have in democracy in our, in our country is working right now? You know why? Because it wasn't the original operating system for Earth. If I try to do something on Android with an Apple system, it's, it doesn't know what I'm talking about. It doesn't function. The kingdom is like that. It was designed for this Earth, and until the kingdom is alive in you and manifested in the earth, you're, you're going to have malfunctions. How many of you believe that there's malfunctions right now? <laughs> there are malfunctions. Things are out of order. And the biggest problem that I've found is that we did the same thing in the church, is that we've taken... <laughs> Come on, we, we create... Oh. If, if, see, we can sit here and talk about the Democrats and Republicans, right? But we don't want to talk about the Baptist and the Pentecostal and the, all of this stuff where we've, we won't agree on things, so we, we, we take our stance on it, and we want to create our own thing. What is that? That's not God's idea. This is why I always had a problem with religion. So if you're a religious person, this is going to offend you. So if it hurts, you can say, ouch, it's okay. Just say, ouch. I know people are used to saying, amen, just ouch, right? Trust me, I've had some ouches, and I'm still having them, because that religion is tough. It gets deep in you, and you've got to get it out. Religion is not the kingdom, and I'm going to say it. Even what we've made it, Christianity, isn't in and of itself the kingdom of God. We have to get this this morning. A kingdom is the governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it with his personal will, purpose, and intent, producing a culture, morals, values, and lifestyle that reflects the king's nature and desire for his citizens. This is what a kingdom is. So we're in church, and you, you're automatically relating that now to, like, God, but this is a kingdom, period. If you look across the country, you find a country that has a king, his, vo his values, his morals, his lifestyle, everything is taught to the culture. That's why in the Roman Empire, they were all the way in Judea, and it was still Rome. Why? Because they were in touch with the headquarters. That's what a kingdom is. A kingdom can colonize and, and manifest itself in another place, and you're still a citizen of Rome. That's why we have Chinatown in New York. <laughs> because it's in, the, it's in the values, it's in the, the, the thought processes. It's in, you bring, the, you bring the culture with you. What makes you an American is in your mind. What makes you a kingdom citizen is in your mind. So Jesus says, repent. Change the way you think. This isn't about a religion. And this isn't about Rome. The kingdom of heaven has arrived. Come on, if you knew what I was talking about, that would excite you. If you got a million dollars, you would be excited right now, right? But I just told you the kingdom is within you, is what Jesus says. This is what a kingdom is. Our core scripture for this series is in Matthew chapter 16. 
It's verses 13 through 19. And I'm going to read through this. And I'm going to explain a couple things, but I don't want to get too sidetracked because we've, we've got a lot to cover that I have to get to. All right? When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. I feel like he couldn't contain it. He was like, you knuckleheads ain't going to say nothing. You are the Messiah, son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I'm going to pause there. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to talk about a couple things in that statement because this next piece, you, you've got to have what comes before that to fully understand this. I was talking about this this morning. Peter declared, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. Christ is Messiah. It's the anointed king. It's the, it's the coming anointed king, the one that was prophesied about, the one that was talked about all through the scripture. And Peter's saying, you are the Messiah. You are the one. And see, part of the problem that's, that's bothered me is because I was raised in religion. I called him Lord because that's what we do in religion. You probably still think you call him Lord because you're a Christian. But religions don't have lords. They have <laughs> religious leaders. Kingdoms have lords. The word Lord, it's not a religious word. It's a kingdom word. It's a, you say my Lord when you're in the presence of royalty. It has to do with lordship, kingdom. So I called him Jesus Christ because I thought his last name was Christ. Come on, y'all laugh at me. Some of y'all thought so too, don't? I thought his last name was Christ. In fact, when people would say, Jesus Christ, I was taught, man, you took the Lord's name in vain. That's an unpardonable sin. You're going to hell. And like, that was like the worst thing in the world, right? But now when I understand kingdom, and I understand that Jesus means salvation, the salvation of the Lord, which is his name, the Christ, Yeshua, is salvation. Hamashiach is the Messiah. So it's Jesus the Messiah. So whenever anybody at work says, Jesus Christ, I say, yes, he is. <laughs> Come on, somebody better clap. Look, all of y'all, look, somebody has been offended by, you, see, you've taken offense to that. Jesus doesn't. He says, I am the Messiah. You think the, taking the Lord's name in vain meant saying something. But what is vain? What is vanity? What is taking the Lord's name 
in vain. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm going to leave that where it is. But Jesus says, you are Peter, Petra. You are the little piece of rock. And on what you just said, on that rock, on that Petro, that rock that I am the Messiah, I will build my church. The church is not built on Peter. It's built on the declaration that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the coming king here. Whew. Man. This is what you came for. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Don't forget that other stuff. I got to be Messiah. So you want to make him Jesus, my, my savior, but you forgot that I'm the Lord, the owner. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say? That makes no sense to me. If I'm the landlord, don't tell me what to do with my property. You're going to find a pink slip. And then he says this. He says, not, not everybody who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. Because they, they want me as Savior. They don't want me as their, as their Lord. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want to give you a key today. Oh my God, I want to give you, I want, I don't want to give you the key. I want to tell you that you have the key. And you may not even know it. You've been praying for things. You've been grieving for things. You've been, oh, Lord, I bind you. I, loose, I bind this. And, I, and Jesus says, what are you doing? What are you doing? I gave you the key. Use it. And sometimes you do have to speak to it. I'm not trying to negate that. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is we got too many people doing this and not doing this. Hmm. I want to teach you some concepts of keys because I want to make sure we're on the same page. How many of you have keys right now? Shake those things. Let me hear them. Keys, right? There are more keys in the room than what you realize. Yeah, I said it. There are more keys in the room than that. There's a key on your phone. Right? You can't, some of y'all can't get in it without that picture, right? Well, my daughter got smart and took a picture of somebody and used it as this facial recognition and it opened the phone up. So she found a way to get in there. But guess what? Those keys are there for a reason. You wouldn't have a key, and we're going to talk about that right now. All nations and kingdoms contain inherent principles and laws that must be adhered to by each citizen to benefit from the citizenship privileges and rights. You don't have rights in a religion, but you have rights as a citizen. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. There are laws, look at America. 
What's important to a country is protected in its laws. Supposed to be. What's important to a nation, they protect it with laws. They say, we don't want you to pollute. We don't want this place, we got too much pollution, right? So you get all these environmental laws that, that protect the environment, right? Save the dolphins, save the whales. You don't murder, first degree, second degree, third degree murder. But then we open up the womb and there's no protection there anymore. There's laws that are designed to protect what's important to a nation, and it's dangerous. You'll find out what a country values in its laws. See, you looked at God's laws like he was supposed to be restricting you from doing fun stuff. But the problem is, those laws were in place to protect you. David says, I meditate on your laws day and night, Lord. Teach me your precepts. Don't give me the concepts. The concepts are later. Teach me the thought before the thought that you were thinking when you wanted to think. David's a man after God's own heart. David, everybody say, David had keys. David understood keys. These laws and principles are called by Jesus keys of the kingdom. And you got plenty of them. But what good, what good is a key if you don't use it? Keys. I'm going to go over a couple with you real quick. And I, I would love to, I could talk about any one of these for the rest of our time. But that's not why I'm here. That's not the mission. I'm going to stay focused. Everybody say, stay focused. <laughs> All right, I got something for you. The key of humility. But if my people who are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. Then I would heal, hear from them and heal their land. It's a key. You don't have humility, you ain't unlocking healing in the land. And I know where all, everybody's thoughts just went to our land and thinking of where there's no humility. And that's why we have problems. Because we've tried to make America the kingdom and America is not the kingdom. Now, we can apply and should apply kingdom principles in to create an America and a better America because that's the answer. That's the, only, that's the operating system, right? All right, so I'm not going to get caught up. That's just one. The key of faith. The key of faith. Listen, everywhere Jesus went, miracles followed him, right? Which, who's this that walks on water? Who is this that lays hands on the blind and on the deaf? opens ears, opens eyes. Who is this man? And what does he say? I didn't do that. Your faith has healed you. Jesus said, you can't get into this kingdom with what's in your pocket, rich man. Let me test and see if I'm Lord, owner. If I'm Lord, then you can give me that, and it's no problem. These, these, these are principles. Principles. Faith pleases God. You want to please God? Faith. I ain't got time. The key of management. The key of management. The key of prayer. Prayer is the key. And if, I'm, if I recall right, if I go over to this keyboard and I press a key, there's some other notes I can press that are in sync with that key, right? That, that amplifies that sound, that gives it a more full sound, right? There's keys on there. We didn't talk about those. 
And you can tell when those are in harmony. Right? Prayer, the key of fasting, is one of those. It's one of those when it's combined with the other. The power that comes out of fasting, Jesus said, these kind, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. In other words, you got half the key, son. You didn't use the other part of it. Some of y'all got some this kinds in your life that y'all need to be looking at right now and saying, I need to go to my prayer closet. And I need to bring another key with me. I don't have time, Lord. That's not why I'm here. That, that's why I'm here. But it's just to give you a taste of this. See, this should ignite something in you to see what these keys are and to be hungry for it. Every one of you has things right now in your life that you want to be bound, that you want to be loosed. And Jesus says, gave you the keys. Lord, would you just... And he's up there, son, daughter, would you just... The key of giving. The key of giving. I'm going to exercise it right now. Bishop, Pastor Kelly, come here real quick. I want to show you something really quick. Just really brief. Just come up here. Really brief. There was no warning on this, by the way. I just want to gift this to you. Because whenever you go before... Royalty, you bring a gift. And when you bring a gift, and you'll understand that later, when you bring a gift, the Bible says it makes a way for you and brings you into the presence of greatness. Love you. There's a gift in the back for you as well. There's a gift in the back for you as well. And I want you to take it, because that's my gift to you. I'm going before royalty. You got to feel like royalty. Come on, someone, sit up. Sit up straight. Put them shoulders back. You are a child of the king. Live like it. Act like it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave God's a giver. He gave the most precious thing to him. He didn't give you second best. He gave you the best. And you can't outgive a king, by the way. So whatever you think you're giving to him, he feels an obligation to outgive you. This isn't rocket science. It's backwards from the world, though. They can take, 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 take. Give, 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 give. Go to the parking lot. You have something. Go to that parking lot. Give. There's a key in that. Something you've been praying for ain't been released yet because you ain't learned how to give. God's going to release some things in the parking lot. And it ain't just for them. It's for you. Hallelujah. A key of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. I don't have time, Lord. Oh, my God, I wish I did. Listen, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. The Listen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and that's a key. Problem is, a lot of us walking around with a lot of keys, a lot of knowledge, standing before doors that you can't get into, and you ain't even tried the key. You got a lot of keys 
And you still can't get what you're trying to get, but you got the keys. You got all these keys. All these keys. Knowledge increases your capacity to be a fool. Knowledge without understanding and application. You always find those words together in the scripture. Look for it. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom, information, comprehension, application. Where are we at? Where are we at today? I'm trying to get somebody to realize they've got some keys that they need to start using. Faith without works is dead. That's a key. You have faith? If you don't have works, you don't really have the key. Because the key produces the works. The works doesn't produce the key. (laughs) The works is evidence that you have the key. Worship, the key of honor. Children, you all need this one. (laughs) Honor your mother and father. This is a key. You want to live long? Honor. Some of y'all thought I was talking to the little ones. I'm saying, Jesus said, unless you became as one of these, like one of these, you won't even see the kingdom. Because you have to become young again. Man, I wish I had time, Bishop. The key of diligence, the key of forgiveness. Can't forget this one. We're going to talk a little bit more about this one in a minute. Uh, There are some keys that unlock other keys, by the way. And you'll realize that later. These are only a few. Keys, you're only given keys if you, to an area that you've been trusted. If you've been trusted with something, you're given a key. A key is a symbol of power. Keys provide and deny access. Stuff, or, stuff is locked up or stuff is unlocked with keys. Keys do not favor or discriminate. If I give you my key, it's going to work for you just like it works for me. That's why the diligent, whether or not they're saved or not, are ruling, as the Bible says in Proverbs, because they're diligent. And Jesus says to the the shrewd manager in the parable, he says, my people aren't even as shrewd as this guy who doesn't even know what I'm about. But what does he have? Rulership. And then he says, he says, the the Bible says that the rest of us, those of us that are that are slackers, in other words, that you just, you don't do anything or whatever. He said that you're going to, it's forced labor. How many feel like forced labor? I wonder if we're diligent with what God gave us. It's a key. Leave that where it is. A key can only benefit you if you use it. A key has a unique design. That's why there's different ones. Otherwise, you could use any key for any lock, Right? How, how cool would it be if, if every one of y'all, they pulled your keys out, had, if, if, I could, if you could use that in my stuff and I could use mine in your stuff, how you feel about that? In the book of Acts, it was pretty good. They, gave, they took everything they had, right? They were like, they, they brought it all together. That was, the, that was the, the beginning, right? Holy Spirit driven, by the way. There is one key that is the master key. There's one key. We call it a skeleton key. A skeleton key can go to any room in the house. You know, I was the officer in charge of a Coast Guard station 
And I found out that in the policy, I wasn't supposed to have that master key on my key ring. The policy says that. Now, I didn't know that. There's so many policies, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, just, I was handed the key and given it. So I, I have the key, I have the master key. Makes sense, I'm the officer in charge. I need to be able to get in any room. I, problem is this, one day, that key came up missing. And my heart dropped. Because now, I have people who live upstairs, I have duty rooms, I have important information, like things that people should not have access to, and I don't know where the key is. Do you know we had to, this is how important the master key is, I want you to get this. We had to spend almost $5,000 to re-tumble, to re-lock everything else back up because of one key. And how many of y'all know, nobody even knew I had the key. But guess what I did? Integrity. I went forward and I said, I lost it. Wasn't supposed to happen. Nobody knew it. But it was my opportunity and my character to prove that I believe what I believe. That you know what, I'm transparent. And I make mistakes, I'm human, right? I didn't get in trouble. I didn't get fired. I came forth with it, right? But we, we changed everything, everything. All these locks are changed because of one key. The skeleton key, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37. Jesus replied, they asked Jesus, what's the most important, let me, let me phrase it this way. They said, what's the most important key? We say law, right? Because that's the, that was, it's God's law, it is God's law. But they were saying, what's the most important key? What's the most important law? What's, what's the most important one? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You guys hear the key? You hear that? There's, there's, this one is like it. It's with it. Jesus, Jesus puts it right here. He says, all the law and prophets, all the law, all the, all the keys, every one of these that you have hang on these two. See, the Pharisees knew all this. The Pharisees walked around, and they had their keys. They had all the keys. You can only take this many steps on the Sabbath day because it's a day of rest. Why are you healing people on the Sabbath? That's a day of rest. They had these keys, and they were like, that's keeping you out of heaven. These were the keys for you to get into the kingdom. Jesus didn't say, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom, because the only key to the kingdom is the king. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. There is no other way. There is no other way. There's one key to the kingdom. These are keys of the kingdom. They're still important. All the law and prophet hang on these two, though. Sums it all up. The whole law. He says, if you get these two, 
It's not that you don't need those, but those provide access to those keys. And they release things that you need to be released. Love covers. First Peter tells us, above all others, above all. Wait a minute. I'm going to go back. Go back. I looked up a word for you. See that word all? I looked it up. I looked it up in the Hebrew. looked it up in the Greek. I looked it up. I looked, it, I looked all over the place. You know what that word means? It means all. It means all. It means everything. Everything. Love covers above all. Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Sin is separation from God. And love covers You see how that works? Love covers. Love is the key. The most amazing part is yet to come. James 5, 19 and 20 says, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Love. 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 1 John 4 and 7, God is love. He doesn't just have it. He doesn't just perform it. Come on, somebody needs to hear this right now. God is the stuff. God is the material. He is the product. He is his nature. He can't help it but to love. So don't come talking about his justice Oh, you're too, mercy. Oh, but what about, he's a just God, but he's a loving. His justice is because of his love. His mercy is because of his love. It's all about him. God is love. Whoever loves God lives in God, and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us. How many of y'all want to be complete? In this, God is It's complete among us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. Everybody say, walk this way. Walk this. We are like him. Why? Because he came to live inside of you. He came to live inside of you to teach you to be like him. It's God's idea. He wants you to become loved. He doesn't just want you to think about it. He wants you to become. Become love. Let it be be your nature. There is no fear in love. No fear, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a... Uh Uh-oh. Here we go again. The word of God says, if you claim that you love God but hate your brother or sister, you're a liar. Verse 
For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. These two, all the law and prophet hang on. Everybody say it's about love. And love, come on, say it with me. And love lives in me. Love lives in you. Let God, let the Holy Spirit teach you that culture of love. 1 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and a sound mind. Romans 5 and 5 says, Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Do you get it yet? Do you get it yet? What is the skeleton key? (laughs) And who is love? And God lives where? So you have the, which is the, looking for love in all the wrong places. Look inside yourself. Come on. God loves you. He lives in you. Golly. Lord have mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. His commandment. And I'm not going to dissect this completely, but I'm going I'm to scratch the surface of it. Commandment. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. So you could depart from his love. But his love will never depart from you. <laughs> you can depart from him, but he ain't going nowhere. So you can keep running all you want. But God ain't going. He's still right here. When we all go to heaven because God loves me. Yes, he's, he, he loves you, absolutely. The question is, do you love him? Because this is what he says. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Everybody say, if. if. Okay, I want to make sure we don't miss that word. Remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's command and remain in his love. See, commandment is a co Thing. Notice it doesn't say demandment. <laughs> God's not demanding anything. He's commanding. There's, a, there's, a, there's an agreement. You have to come into agreement with that. It's a co-man, co-man-ment, or co-mand, like mandate, like you mandated. It's, it's all connected. You get it? Jesus says, my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you may be, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. How many of you need some complete joy? Come on, just lift your hands if you need some complete joy. Say, Father, right now I receive complete joy. I am not lacking anything for your love satisfies. Your love fulfills in Jesus' mighty name. The commandments. Jesus says anyone who teaches men not to obey this will be called least in the kingdom. Commandments. My command is this, he says, 
Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Let's read the next verse. You are my friends. Here's that word again. See, we like to read. Everybody stops right there, Bishop. Everybody likes to stop. Greater love has no one than this, that, that he laid down his life for his friends. And Jesus says, this is the fruit that I'll be able to see that if you're really my friend. Not that, I'm, not that Jesus doesn't want to be your friend. But he says the fruit of your love for me is going to reveal itself through obedience. Because you love me. Are we like David yet? Are you guys hungry for some keys yet? I don't want to make you a legal, like, you know, make this a legalistic thing. But listen, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish those laws. I came to fulfill it. There is power in the keys that Satan's trying to keep from you. There's power in these keys. You need these keys. There's a quote by Ellen White in The Desire of Ages, and I'm going to correct a part of it, but I thought this is such a powerful statement, I didn't want to take it as my own. I wanted you to see this, but it's by love. She says, the exercise of force is contrary to the principles of God's government. Notice she's talking not about a religion. She said, these... These, the exercise of force is contrary to the principles of God's government. Of the increase of my son's government, there shall be no end. We're not talking about a religion, we're talking about a kingdom. He desires only the service of love. And love cannot be commanded. And I'm going to stop that right there. Because we just heard that Jesus commanded us. I believe what she meant to say is demand. Love cannot be demanded. You will love me. That's a demand. You, you will love me. That's a demand. My mentor said one time, if you meet a need, you don't have to demand anything. He, he said this talking about you and your spouse. I don't know why this is coming out right now. But he said, he needs certain things. He needs certain things. And when you meet the need, you don't have to demand anything. Because love produces. What's the first thing God said? Husbands, love your wives. Love them. You won't have to demand anything. I'm not saying that life will be perfect. I love you, baby. But I'm going to tell you, love is the answer. And I like the last part of that, that quote. It says, only by, I'm sorry, I'll read the other part. The love, and love cannot be commanded. It can only be won by, it cannot be won by force or authority. Only by love. Is love awakened? See, the key is the key. <laughs> the key of love is the key to love. 
which is why God, who is love, had to get that key inside of you to release love. Some of y'all, some of us, have looked for love. The desire of every human, it's innate. You want to be loved. And I tell my daughters all the time, if they don't love God first, they can't love you the way he designed and the way that you deserve to be loved. So look, look, look for somebody who reminds you of love, who loves God more than you. And I promise you, you I promise you, you will not regret it. What is the skeleton key? It is love. And God is love. And love is God. God the Father, he is love. God the Son, who demonstrated love. Love no greater man than this. And the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, God in you, love is in you. You know, I realized, uh, I realized something that love Love unlocks so much in our lives. Forgiveness. Here's the problem. Forgiveness is hard. And I always come back. Why do I come back to this all the time? Forgiveness is so hard. When you take offense to something, and you have... See... To forgive means before. <laughs> if you already settle in your heart that you're not going to take offense because it ain't about you and you're just a representative of the king, Jesus says they'll hate you but because of me. Don't let them hate me because of you, though. Forgiveness is, is hard to deal with. I want to, sh I want to show you something. I want to, I, I've done this before, but I want to ask Diane to come up here real quick. This is for demonstration purposes, okay? Just stand right there. When we take offense to something and we say, How many know what a, a chain is symbolic of? Imprisonment, right? Lack of freedom, right? You have no freedom. You're bound, right? And if I put this over you, I've trapped her. 
I've got her bound. Yeah, you did this. You're bound. It hurts so bad. I can't believe what they did to me. See, I put that on them. And Jesus says, if, you, if you're not willing to... Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Don't forgive. That's the key. Neither will you. The disciples came. They were walking. They come across a man who was begging. And they said, the currency you're looking for, empty their pockets. I have none. closest to my heart. Silver or gold, have I none. But such as I have, what I do have, I give unto you. and key. It's love. See, if I have her bound, I'm bound. Because I can't have forgiveness either. So that's the key to forgiveness is the key of forgiveness, and I don't have time to go into that. But you can't have something. You can't give what you don't have, but you also can't have what you're not willing to give. You can't have forgiveness and you're not willing to give it. You can't have love if you're not willing to give it. I want to give you an opportunity to respond today. And I'm not going to do it in a conventional way. Is that all right, Bishop? I want to give you an opportunity to respond today. If you're watching online, sitting where you're at, I don't want you to go into detail. But if this is something that's unlocked something inside of you, the skeleton key, love, God, in you, if this has impacted you, and you can think of somebody right now, I want you to get your phone out. And don't be embarrassed that anybody else sees. Everybody pull your phone out just so nobody gets embarrassed. And all I want you to do is text them and say, we need to talk. I don't care who it is. Don't care what you go into. Right now is your opportunity to respond. Right now is your opportunity to take that key and stop talking about it, saying amen and jumping up and down, falling out in the spirit. Listen, I don't want to do any of that up here. Jesus says, if you come before the altar, the Bible says, if you come before the altar and you bring a gift, and you, while you're standing there, you remember, not that you have something against them, but that they even have something against you. He says, Leave your gift. 
go fix that. Go fix it. Then come back. Because what you don't realize is when you leave that gift here, you're going to release the biggest gift of all. Silver or gold, have I not? Receive the Holy Spirit. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You can settle up on, on the rest of that text later. Father, we just thank you, God, that you didn't just talk to us about love, God, that you created all of this from love with the intention of love, the values, the morals, the lifestyle, to reflect your desire, your nature of love, God, I just release right now in this room, God. Anything that has been binding, any single person in here, there are things that have been bound that they've been praying about. God, when they fix this, <laughs> they can't fix it, God. We cannot forgive on our own account. I'll admit it, God. We cannot do it. <laughs> I can't do it in my strength. That's why you gave me the key, Lord. Holy Spirit, do your thing right now in every one of our hearts, release right now whoever is bound, whatever is bound. Let it be loosed now by the authority of Jesus Christ who gave us that authority so your kingdom can truly come, so your will could truly be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll give you the honor, the glory, and the praise, God. Let your will be done. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to stay connected with Limitless Church, please check us out on all social media platforms at Limitless CHR. We'll see you next time.